Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're uh, happy that you're joining us uh, during this Christmas season, and uh, we hope that you had a great uh, Christmas celebration. We're still in the uh, Christmas uh, octave, the still the days of Christmas that we're celebrating today. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan. Hello. Happy Christmas octave. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Same to you. Thank you. <laughs> it's a mouthful. And uh, Matt Van Milligan, welcome to you. Hi. Happy Christmas octave. Happy Christmas octave. Yeah, so, you know, I love octaves because uh, we have them at Easter and we have them at Christmas, right? Mm. Um, but, like, I, I don't think people understand, like, especially at Easter maybe because we make a bigger deal of it. I feel uh, every day of Easter, like every eight days of Easter, from the Easter Sunday, that's why we have Easter Monday. There's also Easter Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, yeah, I eat turkey the whole time. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's celebrate. We celebrate Easter yeah. as if it's that day. It's eight days of Easter. So we also do the same with Christmas. It's eight days of celebrating Christmas together, right? And it, it leads us, it just happens to lead us to the new year after those those eight days. As an aside, we do celebrate the Easter, like in most churches, most churches celebrate the Easter octave, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and not so much the, the Christmas, Christmas octave because priests are pretty, like, Busy? drained <laughs> by the end of Christmas and they take well, a not few this days year. off. This right? year, this year's not so bad. I mean, but other Christmas, we have, we have two Christmas celebrations, like Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day, and then yeah. we have Saturday night, Saturday morning, uh, Sunday right. mornings. And it's, but this one, it all falls on one. Like, it's all, all Saturday, falls on a Sunday. Sunday. So you yeah. think it's going to be a breeze, eh? Well, no, no, it's definitely not easier. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, priests don't do anything anyways, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> they only no. work on Sunday morning. <laughs> they only work on Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, so so there's lots of stuff. Like, we celebrate the, the birth of the Lord for eight, for eight days, just like we That's celebrate crazy, the, yeah. the uh, resurrection for eight days. But in between this, like on the on the days of the of the octave, there's like cool feast, feast days, days that yeah. we celebrate, yeah. you know. And so we're going to talk about those feast days because oftentimes we they kind of get lost in the excitement of of uh, Christmas. Christmas, right? Especially like so. Let's just give a recap where we're going. We're going to talk about Saint Stephen. Saint mm -hmm. Stephen's feast day is December twenty sixth. Boxing Day. Here in Canada, it gets lost in Boxing Day yeah. or in the Christmas hangover or whatever mm -hmm. it might be, right? So uh, we don't usually pay that much attention to Stephen. Then on December 27th, we celebrate St. John, St. John the Evangelist, right? The gospel writer. Um, and then on December 28th, like three major feast days in a row, we celebrate the feast day of the Holy Innocents. Mm -hmm. And this is like one of the least known, I would mm -hmm. think, like yeah. the Holy Innocents. Before you know? we started talking about this, I mean, I've been to Mass at those times, but I just yeah. never recognized what that feast day was. So yeah. I'm excited All to talk about the it. children that yeah. were murdered <laughs> yeah. in search of Jesus. Like, so you know, King Herod's time. Yeah, so we're going to open that up and talk about that today. So, uh, you know, so hopefully we can shed some light on these great feast days that yeah. are happening. And then, of course, we in between Christmas and New Year's, we always celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family. Yeah. And then eight days after Christmas, it's always, you know, we always, it just happens to be January 1st, which is the Solemnity of Mary, mm -hmm. Mother of God which is a Holy Day of Obligation in Canada, but falls on a Sunday this year, which is a Holy Day of Obligation always. So right? you're doubly obligated. You're to go. doubly obligated. Do not <laughs> The uh, only day mass. you're not allowed to miss. Yeah, That's right. And no more watching on TV. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you got to get there. Okay, so let's start with St. Stephen, because St. Stephen is uh, December 26th. And like I think there's some significance there. Like Jesus is born. Yeah. On the twenty, like Jesus is born, we celebrate the birth of Jesus on the twenty fifth, mm -hmm. right? And then the immediate day after, we celebrate the feast day of the first Christian martyr. Yeah, like I think there's yeah. some significance there, obviously yeah, for, sure. for the for sure. like you know because here we are, Jesus has come to save, and 
this is what it might cost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it like it gives an indication of of like the the full range of who the Messiah is. And because like, again, we said we said last week about we get the cleaned up version of of Christmas and we want to make it nice and quaint and domestic. And we we could put it on the smell of the sheep. We want (laughs) to take out um, all of these things. And it seems like to have a feast celebrating the first martyr right after the birth of Jesus, you're like, it seems like a bit of a buzzkill. Right, that it's yeah. like, or like we went from this nice, like Jesus comes into the world to this person was killed for their faith. But it's yeah. like, again, like the, um, um, you know, Jesus coming into the world as a king, as an infant and, you know, recognized as a king, pe- people had different expectations of what a king should be. Yes. Um, Jesus was the king who was crucified to save people for their sins. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, the incarnation at Christmas and, you know, the death, uh, crucifixion, death and resurrection at Easter yeah. aren't these, you know, completely distinct events. Like they're two aspects of the same thing. So having, you know, the, the feast of, of, of St. Stephen right after Christmas reminds us of that factor that, you know, this this in the context of the whole story, this is what salvation looks like. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. And and so, Stephen, like, uh, you know, you made a point, Matt, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about John the Baptist. You know, Stephen, that we say is the first mm-hmm. Christian martyr, but really, you had made the point, like, John the Baptist, you yeah, know, had arguably, died for yeah. his faith I, with... Uh, but, but I think there's a difference there, because I think John the Baptist didn't die for his faith in Jesus so much as he died for the faith in the righteous righteousness of the law, if that makes sense. But, I mean, he, he didn't die for Jesus because he knew Jesus, whereas in... The difference here is that St. Stephen specifically died because of be- he was Christian. That's right. right. And, yeah. that, and that, I think that's where the distinction is to be made. I agree, though, that like, yeah. you, you know, John the Baptist is one of the first ones to die for his faith. Yeah, exactly. But, and uh, remember, St. Saint, uh, Saint Stephen mm-hmm. was a deacon of the church. Yeah, right? okay, so I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. so in Acts uh, chapter 6, yeah. uh, it says that uh, select from among yourselves, remember, you know, the apostles were going out doing their thing, right? Yeah, so, and so it yeah. was increasingly getting burdensome, and not in a bad way, but just the, you know, for how many people they could reach and what they could do. To this get... is in the Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. So yeah, okay. it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So we know that about Stephen. Yeah. And then cool. it says, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, T- uh, Timon, uh, Parmenas, and Nicholas, they were also chosen as um, deacons. And then it says, they had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. You know, the, the first... what we see in ordinations of deacons today, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh, cool. So Stephen was chosen as a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, and he was going off to be a deacon. He was one of the, going to preach the gospel. first deacons of the, of the mm-hmm. church, yeah. right, to, to assist uh, the apostles in their ministry. And because people were complaining that people were certain people were being neglected, mm-hmm. right, in the daily distribution of food. I think it was widows and all those things yeah. that the scripture tells us. So the deacons were made for this ministry. So Stephen was doing that, right? And then, like, chapter 6 of Acts of the Apostles is yeah. where we learn a lot about Stephen because he's, he's, it says the word of God continued to spread, and then Stephen gets arrested, Okay, yeah. he's doing so means yeah. he's doing he's doing his a job. pretty good job. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's doing a pretty good job, uh, and uh, it says that he even he did great wonders and signs among the people. 
It's cool. Yeah, that's what the Acts of the Apostles said. So he's arrested and famously, uh, well, you know, he is arrested. He's put on uh, trial for death. And he gives this like impassioned speech yeah. hey, to people who are, you know, trying to uh, convict him. Yeah. Right. And he's he starts talking like the glory of God has appeared. Yeah. Like God is with us, you know, let's give our life to him and all these different things. Right. And he, Stephen gives this like really like lengthy speech in, in chapter seven of the Acts of the Apostles and meets his demise. Right. Yes. Like uh, through stoning, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, like if you go to verse 51 of, of chapter seven of the Acts of the Apostles, there's kind of like this, this uh, insult. It says this, you stiff necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears. You are forever opposing the Holy Spirit, just as your ancestors used to do. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one. And now you have become his betrayers and murderers you are the ones who receive the law as ordained by <laughs> angels and yet you have not kept it and then in the next line it says this is like so dramatic i love this part as well i mean you know it says when they heard these things they became enraged <laughs> and ground their teeth at stephen like you yeah. know like yeah and it says, but Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, gazed up at heaven. He gazed up at heaven. And okay. what do you think? They just started to stone him. Yeah. They started throwing rocks. And he, That's, I got to be honest. Out, those, are, those are some pretty heavy insults, but also how pointed and how to suggest what was going on at the time. Like, I, I got to be honest. The Bible has some pretty awesome insults when like i almost kind of want to write a book of them that i can just keep them in my back biblical pocket. insults but, but biblical insults yes. yeah i think Maybe that we would can do be an episode on biblical insults <laughs> yeah, like you it. stiff-necked people <laughs> yeah. you know you brood of vipers um but okay here's a just a little added trivia bonus like who was also present here mm, yeah at the killing of stephen Matthew, the Apostle Paul, <laughs> the Apostle then Paul. Saul, then yeah, Saul. At that time, yeah, Saul, exactly, yeah. and it always yeah. gets pulled into his like history when we talk about Saul. It's like he was there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like you, you mentioned the 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 speech that that Stephen gives. He's almost quoting Isaiah there. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. it's like it it kind of bookends the Gospels, where like even Jesus said things that enraged and sure. incensed people against him, except they they weren't able to. Uh, execute him until the appointed time or like time mm -hmm. he would just kind of walk through the crowds or like this is like this gives you a sense of they, they weren't just upset they weren't just angry it was like no they're grinding their teeth they're, they're enraged yeah. they're yeah. like they're you know, moved to murder yeah. um effectively but it's like it also gives yeah what you're saying about uh, saint paul that you have how much more uh significant his conversion is that he he stood and he watched and he, he approved watched. yeah he was um, part of this. And, I think and, something about he they threw hit they threw the coats at his feet or something was that yes is that exactly. what I, yeah they threw they threw their their coats at Paul's feet yep. I mean at that then time they, it says verse fifty eight then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him and the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul yeah, yeah exactly while they were stoning Stephen he prayed Lord Jesus receive my spirit yeah. Wow. I love it. Okay, uh, so uh, just, I don't know if I didn't know this either until maybe today, <laughs> but St. Stephen is the patron saint of altar servers. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't well, know yeah. why. <laughs> why? <laughs> You'd think he'd be the patron the saint of deacon. deacon. Yeah, 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 I think. I, yeah, 
he's serving. He was ordained to serve. Yeah, that's better than the other explanation. Yeah, that yeah. It's, <laughs> that it's a form of martyrdom. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he's also the uh, patron saint of bricklayers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he is also the patron saint of deacons, headaches, and casket makers. So casket there you go, makers, casket, right? casket makers. Oh, casket. Yeah, casket. Oh, okay, makers. not cassock. <laughs> okay, so that's December twenty sixth. Let's move to uh, Saint John because we can say lots about mm-hmm. Saint John. He's the feast day of, Saint, of December twenty seventh. So John is the evangelist. Yes. We know him as the author of the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. We also know him to be the writer of the Book of Revelation. Yeah. Right, and then there's three epistles in the New Testament. First yeah. John, Second John. Mm-hmm. Third John. Yeah. Now we he's also a pretty decent runner. Is that uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> beat Peter to yeah, the tomb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and includes if, that. If we're going in through his, his resume. He includes that in his gospel. Yeah, exactly. Now he in his gospel he talks to he talks about the apostle that Jesus loved, yeah. right? And that's yes. that's how he refers to himself in his gospel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's so it's the same John is what I'm asking. Right? That's right. So yeah. yeah. And John's gospel, like. For me, you know, it, people say there's, I mean, there's the Synoptic Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke. Then John is in a in a world of its own. But also, like, always at major moments in the liturgical life of the church, we hear mm-hmm. from John. Yeah. You know, like Good Friday, we hear the passion story of John. John. You know, oh, yeah. on Easter Sunday, we normally hear the Easter account of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, John. Even on Christmas Day, uh, for the Mass during the day, we go back to, in the beginning, there was the Word, you know? So, because, you know, we have that three-year cycle of readings in yep. the church. Yep. We do a year of Matthew, a year of Luke, a year of Mark, right? And then John is kind of like just peppered in at these, like, really important moments of the life of the church. What was John... So, you know how all the gospel writers have a different image? So, I think it's Matthew that has the bull oh, or the yeah. lamb. Yeah. I can't remember which one. And then... Uh, Luke has one, and which one is John? Is John? Um, do you remember the? Okay, there's, no, there's yeah. four different yeah, images, yeah, no, right? Yeah. Whenever yeah. you walk, so this is something I remembered when we were going to Quebec because all the old churches had it. Yeah. And whenever you walk, like the gospel, uh, the ambo has um, four different symbols. Has mm-hmm. I think it's uh, a man, normally a man with wings, but yeah. a man um, has an eagle, has a bull, and has. One other thing, the Lion of Judah. Yeah, Uh, Saint John is the eagle. Is the eagle right? And so the eagle is like from the sight of God. So he's constantly bringing into picture God as like uh, who Jesus is as God. Hmm. And so that's his focus is always Jesus is God. And so his whole gospel revolves around being that like is from from the eye of the eagle, but like Hmm. from the eye of God. This is this is who Jesus is. And a a couple things about John. He's also known as John the Divine. Oh, okay. Uh, he is the son of Zebedee. Mm-hmm. Remember, we know that from the scriptures. Yeah, that makes Zebedee. sense. And the brother of James. He yes, was a James, fisherman. James and John. Right? We know that. And he was very close uh, to Jesus. He was present at the transfiguration. Mm-hmm. He was present at the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. there's lots of cool things we yeah. know about John just from the yeah. gospel. Yeah. Some of his own writings. Yeah, he would have been in the garden as well, I think. If I'm not mistaken. The, 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 the transfiguration yeah, the, in the garden. the garden. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So G- he refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of interesting to me. You know, he didn't want to name. He didn't want to say, like, I was there. Yes. But he yeah. always has this, like, cryptic way of talking about himself. Yeah. Eh? yeah. Like, what, what, what's the reasoning? Do we think uh, that he did that? 
I, I think, I, I don't know you, if you have an answer to that. I have yeah, another, I okay, another thing to think about there, though, is, is also he's the one that was at the cross, and Jesus said, mm-hmm. Mary, here's your exactly. mother, yeah. my mother, my mother, you know, here's your son. And that was kind of, that verse is one of the biggest, not one of the biggest reasons, but one of, one of the back uh, reasons why we also know that Mary didn't have any kids. Hmm. Because it, Jesus was the firstborn, we know that much. And if Mary, it, it, the translations that we have for Mary having, uh, I mean, Jesus was with his brothers and sisters, or Jesus was with his brothers, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of times gets translated into understanding. Oh, well, Mary had a bunch of kids, but that's not necessarily the case. And because at that moment, Jesus is dying on the cross, and one of the things he remembers to do is take care of his mother, yeah. and he offers. I mean, it would be the biggest slap in the face to say, "Hey, John." <laughs> You know, I, my brothers can't take care of my mom, so I'm giving you my mom to take care of, yeah. you know, and, and that's not what he does. He Instead, he's on the cross, he's dying, and he gives it to his friend, his, his okay, now look after my mom for me, because I want to make sure she's taken care of, because at that time, she would be a widow without a husband, without a son, and she would be begging or having to go with family, like, that's her options right there. So yeah. Jesus puts, you know, kind of adopts John, or like, yeah. just encompasses John into the family, and gives Mary to John, and John to Mary, and says, like, now... Look after each other. Yeah. So it's kind of an important part too, just to say, I don't have any brothers, so you got to look after my mom for me. You know, that's, yeah. that's a good example of of a way that you can characterize John as a gospel writer. So we've mm. talked in previous episodes about, um, you know, different gospel writers have different emphasis Flares. or, or yeah. a different audience or who, yeah. uh, you know, whom they're trying to write uh, to. And you know, Matthew is more invested in, um, you know, tying in the gospel narrative with. Uh, in continuity with the Old Testament, Luke is, you know, uh, writing to maybe a more, um, you know, Greek audience and more kind of academic or, you know, more historically inclined. Um, John gives you a narrative, but he also gives you a theology Mm -hmm. and that that he weaves those together so well. And I I think that's probably why, you know, he's, he's kind of highlighted at these kind of significant moments in the liturgical calendar, but also, um, um, that I think I think a lot a lot of times revelation um, is kind of like tucked under the rug in, in that <laughs> go- because a, a lot of people don't necessarily Understand. have the have the theological tools to interpret uh, yes. revelation, but to have him giving you uh, a theology as well as a narrative in his gospel and kind of the extension of that in the book of Revelation, I think you know th- those two are are really complementary and give a good indication of of what John's kind of role was in you know the um, church. Yeah, yeah. Another thing about John is that he's the only apostle that wasn't martyred. He's believed yeah. to have died an old at an old age at Ephesus, Na- natural death. Kind yeah, of oh, wow. like he was uh, close to close to ninety some years old. I think yeah. he died in the year ninety eight. Uh, he's ni- right. ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. when I was looking it up today. So that was at yeah. Ephesus, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, so that's another thing about John is yeah. that he was the only one that uh, was not uh, martyred. Okay, John is the patron saint of love, yeah. loyalty, which oh, makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Friendships, yeah, and authors. All of those make mm. great sense. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's Saint John the Evangelist. Okay, let's move to the feast day of December twenty ninth. It's the feast day of the Holy Innocents. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I didn't realize that this was a feast day. For the reason it's a feast day, I was. What did uh, you think? I, I don't know. I just Holy Innocents. I just thought, okay, for like I, I, I think we always or a lot of times in Mass was always remembering the unborn. Yeah, and so so a lot of times it gets contributed to pro life. 
uh, like to, to a mass for all those babies that were aborted or that yes. kind of stuff, and which makes a hundred percent, like makes sense to me why. Um, but holy innocence actually like the whole reason for it is a totally different meaning. That's right. And I've had many people say that to me as well. Like mm-hmm. they thought it was praying for the unborn yeah, or those yeah. who were, were killed. Well, the holy innocence, uh, the feast day that we remember is basically from the gospel of Matthew uh, chapter two after Jesus was born. So that's why we celebrate this feast day in mm-hmm. the Christmas octave, right? Uh, the massacre of the infants is what happened in the scriptures. And it's just two verses. So here's what it says. Uh, this is Matthew 2, uh, verse 16 to 18. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, remember? Yeah. Go different yeah. way and all that Mag- stuff. Magi were supposed to come back to him and exactly. tell him where Jesus was. But they yeah. didn't. They but went. they didn't. Yeah. They, were, they were warned to go a different way. So when he had been tricked by the Magi, he was infuriated and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the Magi. Then what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. And so saying that Rachel was screaming out limitation is basically saying like the you know that um the tribes of israel and and we're we're crying out for their unborn yeah remember um i mean for their born in the book of genesis you know rachel said that god has judged her uh he's but he's also heard my voice has given me a son Mm -hmm. and therefore called she uh his name dan you remember that the book of genesis okay Verse 30, uh, sorry, chapter 30, verse 6. Called Dan. Yeah. I don't remember that. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, I have, oh, sure, I believe you. Let me pull up the, <laughs> the whole verse for you because sure. we'll, we'll do it in uh, in uh, context here, okay? And we'll get the right, the, the right uh, translation here that we always use. So when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, yes. remember, she envied her sister and she said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. Yes. Remember, Jacob became very angry with Rachel and said, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? And then she said, here is my maid. Go into her that she may bear upon my knees. So she, there's this whole yeah. like being unable to conceive. So then Rachel said, God has, uh, so uh, her servant maid, yeah. uh, Bilha, um, conceived and bore a son for Jacob. And that's when Rachel said, God has judged me. But he's also heard my voice and given me a son. And therefore she named him Dan. And Rachel's maid conceived again and bore Jacob a second son and named him Naphtali. Okay. You remember that? The tribes of... Uh, yes. Yeah. So anyways, that's the whole... That's where it comes that's, from. Yeah. That's, that's the connection it's making. It's like, you know, it's almost like, you know, the scripture, like the Lord has given, given and the Lord has taken, taken away. away. Yeah. So there's this weeping going on with Rachel. And, and it's also referring back to like the Maccabees and all that stuff. Like it was all the Jewish people. The king of the Jews was massacring the, the Jewish people. I mean, there's a lot of big significance there. Yeah. And we, we mentioned previously that there's an asymmetry here with yes. the Exodus. That, yes. You know, the, the, with pl- Moses. the plague of the firstborn and yeah. the, the angel of death um, that, um, uh, you know, again, that it was it was Caesar's, not Caesar, it was Pharaoh's hardness of heart um, that led to the deaths of, you know, the, the firstborn of, mm. of all the Egyptians. Now you have someone who's supposed to be in the place of the king of the Jews, um, you know, effectively executing 
all of these innocent children. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, yeah, when you have, you well, know, a, a theme in the Old Testament of, um, you know, uh, women who are either barren or yeah. Are, aren't, yeah, aren't able to conceive or don't have a son or don't have that, like how uh, uh, the seeming injustice of not being able to kind of uh, bring up children. And it's like you have this happening on mass. Yeah. Before, yeah. One of the things I look, looked at too was because because it always referred back to the Exodus, but also before that, I mean, when Moses, we know as Moses, the story of Moses starts off as a little basket, you know, flowing yeah. down a river and all that kind of stuff. If you watch the, the movies or you read the yeah. stories and everything else, but at that time, the reason why he was put in a basket was to save his life because yeah. they were murdering all the sons, mm-hmm. the first not for the firstborn, but everybody under a certain age. Mm-hmm. That's right. They were killing them all off, um, and and because the Israelites have grown too strong. Yeah. And so from that salvation of all these babies being murdered, from that God saved Moses, who came back and led the people through yeah. the Exodus. God saved Jesus yeah. and led us to our freedom and led us to our salvation. Yeah, and, and ironically brought Joseph and Mary and Jesus out to Egypt, back to which Egypt. was a yeah. safe place. <laughs> which was the safe yeah. place exactly. at that time. Exactly. Kind of showing, too, that it's not a, about the place. It's about... Yeah just being in God's will, being in God's protection. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and uh, so there's like way different traditions that say how many young men, young yeah. baby boys were killed. Uh, you know, the Greek liturgy says somewhere around 14,000 boys. Syrian tradition says 64,000. Wow. Other traditions say 144,000, like Revelation chapter right. 14, yeah. right? So there's like a dispute about how many things. But nevertheless, Herod had... Uh, ordered that all male children ages two and under were to be slaughtered. And this is why we celebrate that feast day. But uh, a commentary that I was reading about it uh, said that it also, this feast day also points towards the, it's, it's a foreshadowing to the opposition that Jesus will face, like the secular Mm. opposition that Jesus faces, you know, and like right off the bat, it started, he was born, he's brought into the world and there's already an assault on on, on his life. Yeah, because King Herod wasn't, wasn't of the faith, if you will. I mean, he was adopted into the Jewish faith, but he wasn't, let's say, a faithful person. And so automatically secular, he's, he's, he's going out to, to, to keep his throne. He's worried about that. Yeah, and it's it's not this Herod, but you know the yeah. the descendants of of Herod, yeah, exactly. like the role they play, or like the Herodian yes. kings um, play in the rest of the gospel with John the Baptist and even um, uh, Jesus after. Yeah, Jesus yeah. being brought before Herod before he um, is is sentenced by Pilate. It's yeah. that you know you have that um, this there's direct opposition to to not just you know Christ's ministry, but who he is. I, I always remembered uh, the Jesus of Nazareth movie. Have you ever seen that Jesus of Nazareth movie? Yeah. That the scene of where they go through and they murder a whole bunch of kids. I always yeah. just that when I think about that, that's kind of the scene that comes to brain. Which is, it's a horrific thing. You don't actually see anybody die, but it's just a, there's a lot of screaming, a lot of crying. Mm-hmm. And that as a kid watching that movie, but also as a teenager watching the movie, and as an adult watching the movies, mm-hmm. always just like it's not a good scene, but I think it's a, a scene that hits the heart home to what was going on at the time because the screams were real. The scream, not, yeah. I mean, they're acting, but you know what I mean? Like it was like, oh my gosh, the horror yeah. that you could feel exactly. watching that was real. So I just couldn't imagine. Like the horror of Rachel. Right? Yeah. The horror <laughs> yeah. That that's what it, that's what it refers to. Right? Horror. Horror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, rest of the week, so the, those are the feasts of the 26th, 27th, 28th. It's interesting, hey, the birth of Jesus, and then we got like a couple celebrations right after death. death. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Uh, 
then of course we celebrate always between uh, always in between Christmas and New Year's in the octave of, of, of Christmas is the Feast of the Holy Family. So that celebrates Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. We did a whole episode on uh, the Holy Family. Mm-hmm. And then the octave of Christmas ends and we celebrate the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, which is always a great way to start off a new year. Like mm-hmm. January 1st, it's a day dedicated to Mary. There's only know? two days of obligation in the uh, in the Canadian, Canadian Catholic Church. Right? I mean, yeah. other than every Sunday. Other than Sunday. Sundays are every day. But but the only other two, because it used to be All Saints, and it used to be a couple other right. ones. But the only two are Christmas and New Year's Day. New Year's Day. So Christmas Day, the Nativity, and New Year's Day, which is the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Another thing to point out, just real quick, because we're talking about it already, as Catholics, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, and we've gone into extreme detail about it in the podcast, do Catholics believe that Jesus was born on December 25th? No, it's the day that we've we've chosen to celebrate. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's. I just bring that up because in case they haven't heard, if they haven't listened to all of the episodes of our podcast, you know. And yeah. it would be nice, you know. This year, you mentioned that Christmas is on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to to move the celebration of Christmas to the nearest Sunday. Sunday. It you would be. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it is the day the church has chosen to yeah. celebrate. We don't think that it was that day in history Correct. that Jesus was born, or just yeah. the day that we chose to celebrate it. That's right. Based yeah. off life. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to start off uh, a new year with Mary, you know, it's also the church designates it as the world day of peace. So yes. there's this connection between, you know, the queen of peace, the queen of heaven, and, uh, you know, the queen that's supposed to reign in our hearts too, just like we celebrate her bringing the Lord into the world. So we hope that she guides us in our life as well. So there's lots of stuff happening during Christmas week, you yeah. know, the octave of, of, of Christmas. And there's lots of stuff to uh, celebrate. So, uh, you know, let's let's pray for the intercession of St. Stephen. You know, let's pray for the intercession of St. John. Let's pray for the intercession of those who were martyred because... Mm-hmm. Our they, faith. Like, those yeah. kids were martyred because they they may Ooh. have been Jesus. You know, that's so what were they were they martyred. the first martyrs? Well, they weren't martyred because of faith, but they were martyred because yeah, of Jesus. They Interesting. That they, just I, in case. Again, they were innocent. Yeah. So. And, 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 you know, the evil that tried to eradicate yeah. Jesus yeah. from, from yeah. the world. But, hey, that's, I think, the message of Christmas is God always prevails, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God sends light into, into the world uh, and light into the darkness. Okay. Well, thanks for your uh, conversation yeah. today on these Christmas feast days. If uh, you have any comments uh, of anything you want to add to anything we said today, or maybe an idea for a other episode in the new year of the Catholic uh, Buzz, you can send us an email at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com. Uh, you could also leave a message on our Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok uh, pages, or visit our website at thecatholicbuzz.com. So for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We're wishing you a happy new year and all of God's blessings. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. Mm-hmm.